Lately, I've been getting asked to MC different events. It's actually been a, a total blast doing it. Last night, I was MCing a wedding, for example, and just had a ton of fun doing it. If I could have your attention real quick here in the center of the room, before we serve dessert, we're going to do a couple speeches here. So if you are still eating, if you're still snacking, feel free to continue to do so, but we're going to do a couple speeches. Can I get a massive round of applause as we welcome Gina, the maid of honor. Now, since this is something totally new to me, I've been thinking about it a lot lately, and I've been theorizing about my approach to it. So today, Sarah and I went out for a happy hour at Northbound Smokehouse and Brew Pub, and I wanted to get her thoughts on it. So last night, I would, I don't know if I've told you this or not, this, this theory of how Ocean's Eleven okay. has impacted how I MC at weddings. I feel like you've mentioned something about Ocean's Eleven, but I don't remember what. Okay, so there's a, there's a scene uh, where Matt Damon's character. The original one. I think it's Eleven, oh, one okay. of them. Yeah, Matt Damon's character is being instructed by the other guys. Oh, yes. And his whole job, they say, your job is to be likable, for them to instantly like you. Right. And then as soon as you leave, for them to instantly forget you. I remember that scene, yeah. Don't touch your tie. Look at me. Okay. I ask you a question, you have to think of the answer. Where do you look? No good. You look down, they know you're lying. And up, they know you don't know the truth. Don't use seven words when four will do. Don't shift your weight. Look always at your mark, but don't stare. Be specific, but not memorable. Be funny, but don't make him laugh. He's got to like you and then forget you the moment you've left his sight. And for God's sake, whatever you do, don't under any circumstance. Russ. Yeah. Can you take a look at this? Sure. So I've actually taken that, when I first started like emceeing yeah. weddings, I, I one of my biggest pet peeves is, it's this weird mix because a lot of times when you're speaking in front of people, you want, you're, you're you need to be engaging, you're, you're nat- my natural, yeah, yeah, my natural instinct is to be like all of those things. Right. Say some funny jokes. Say be the, memorable. Be memorable. Yeah. yeah. I mean, yes, that's the ultimate public speaking thing. Be memorable. Yeah. But I've realized my new theory is that it's actually like the Ocean's Eleven thing, like that, where they're at the wedding, no one there gives a shit about me, yet I am, I'm there almost like as a service to everyone. Yeah, you're not there to steal the show. It's not your fucking wedding. Yeah. In fact, that would be almost kind of rude to Yeah. It, it, it would know. 100% be rude. So I, even I've like to the point where I 
I was just debating my approach to the whole thing. Do I, yeah. do I say, hey, everybody, like this at the very beginning, typically my first interaction with people is let's welcome, like the grand entrance, the bride and groom and the yeah. wedding party. So they all come in, everybody cheers, all that stuff. And then I have another moments where I, I mainly it's the, I'm doing the, I'm in charge of the flow of speeches. So my natural instinct is that, like, I think about it from their perspective. Like, who is this guy? So I thought, at the, when I first started doing that, I, I thought, oh, I should announce and say, hey, my name's Ram. I'm emceeing. I'm going to be your MC tonight. I'm with the Silver Alchemist band yeah. playing tonight. Yeah. And I would have this whole thing. And I realized that was too much. Like, no one gave a shit about it. Yeah. People know, oh, you're talking. You're just kind of making the flow of this. It's not about me. I want to be in service to the moment be light I would make a couple if there's a joke if something needs to be said that's kind of funny oh yeah or make light reset the energy or yeah 100% if there's like tension or like relief spell need to be like released in the room right make those things but it's so weird to have a I guess it's a performance kind of it's like the anti-performance performance because you are performing Dude. to do that. The anti-performance. Yeah. Yes. In service to the moment. Right. So my thing now is I don't say who I am unless someone requests it. I'm not going to yeah. say who I am or what I'm doing. And it just is. Because I would way rather have someone. I would way rather announce the speeches, announce things, get to keep the flow of the evening going. Sure. And I'd rather have someone be left with the feeling of. Oh, who who is that guy? Oh, it must have been the MC. Rather than someone being left with a feeling of, okay, let's wrap it up, dude. There's nothing worse than the the feeling of, okay, this guy's trying to make trying too hard, show, make it their show at someone's welcome, at yeah. someone's freaking wedding. Yeah, that's bad. And what's crazy too is, I feel like speeches are that way too. It's I've heard so many freaking speeches doing this from the bridal party. I should almost do a podcast on what makes a great, like, wedding speech. But that I feel like the biggest number one thing is people uh, people get in their heads because they're thinking, it's about me. People are looking at me. It's my speech. It's whatever. But it's not about you. Uh, like, a, the, the wedding speech should be an anti-performance as well. Sure. Certainly. In loads of different situations. I don't have a perfect example. But there's value to... There's more impact a job is better done by I'll say toning it down which maybe sounds crappy but so yeah definitely and I would also say and this isn't exactly what you were doing but like when people are like honestly super dramatic with their energy and how they're talking or what they're doing with their body or whatever like that tends to do unless you're a stage actor and people are in like three levels of risers like you don't need to overperform. like people yeah this isn't like it's like that old school type of acting like it's hard to watch an old movie because oh uh, yeah like vaudevillian yeah they're overdoing it they have that fake transatlantic accent that's like yeah. oh god yes um, so yeah I think there's tons of overlap in lots of different areas like the anti-performance yeah the uh, the Christmas tour I did was one of those I was talking to Steve about what we were doing and we were talking about we were talking about 
performing on stage, rocking out, the level that we bring to it. And it was very much in that thing. It was, we were in the back on the risers. Yeah. It's not about us. I'm not there. I'm, I'm supposed to kind of disappear a little bit into it. Which is, which is almost unnatural for my inclinations because I, like, well, I'm here. I'm going to put on a show. Yeah, it's, and you're it's great to- at that. It's right. totally different than me standing up front with a microphone. Even if I'm, yeah. okay, like a, di- or like an example, like for the Dan Rodriguez show, I am putting on a show up front. But then the, even that's different than when I play with a Caitlin Smith thing. Yeah. She's, I, I pull back on that a little bit. So I, it's just interesting. Yeah. It's not my place for everything. Oh. It makes me think of, this is a random reference, but I think it was like Coco Chanel or one of those like famous, you know, fashion influencers. Her rule of thumb when it came to accessorizing. So like your jewelry, your rings, your sunglasses, your hat, whatever. Whatever you're going to do, think about that and then take away one of those things. Really? Yeah. So do one last thing that you were going to do. I don't know. It's kind of an interesting thought. Yeah. You and I have talked about the... I, I think there is a number that I haven't figured out, but the accept, like the statement piece numbers. Yeah, because if everything is loud, then they're not statements. You're just loud. Yes. So maybe it's like... Three, I think someone said it's like three statement pieces. Maybe this is what my buddy Aaron and I had, had come up with. I, we like three, you have three statement pieces. So um, if you're going to wear like a crazy out there hat and then maybe a, maybe it's even just two, three or two. But like if you can't, you have to limit like, and then maybe you're wearing like this crazy loud jacket. You, you have to start limiting shoes. things, you you crazy, and then that's shoes. it. Yeah. Too much, yeah. But as a being six six for me, we've come to that. Like my height, in and of itself, is an irrevocable statement piece. So I'm limited to now two other add-ons. So I have to pick. And then you've got your nose. And my nose. And your ears. <laughs> and then you're it. That's it. <laughs> It's so mean. It's actually so funny. (laughs) (laughs) It's so good. Yeah. (laughs) That's really interesting. So then it makes me want, like, okay, on stage, what are the statement pieces? Like, if I'm playing with an artist, maybe the the artist is obviously, that's it. Rob Morgan is an internationally touring bassist on a journey to discover what it means to live a curious life. At thecuriouspod.com, you'll find an archive of conversations reported all over the world, a map of recording locations, a weekly newsletter, and official podcast merchandise. Rob is recording a daily podcast where he's sharing insights into the creative journey and the secrets to living a curious life that he's discovered from over a decade of traveling the world with music. We here at Curious Endeavors have told him this is probably a mistake and he's an idiot to attempt it but he won't budge, so that's where we're currently at. We hope you'll enjoy.